Hi there, I'm Becky Hammond, founder and strengths maven over at Isogo and isogostrong.com. Welcome to the Isogo TV podcast, now video and audio. You know, here on Isogo TV, we are fueling marriage connection, parenting grace, work energy by focusing in on your strengths instead of fixating on your weakness. Today, you are joining us for episode 68, which is the first in our Isogo TV interview series, and it has been a blast. By talking to leaders, coaches, parents, spouses, regular people, we are bringing alive the life-changing stories that have been fueled by people's unique and brilliant strengths in their work, or their marriages, or their parenting. Today's guest is Kathy Kirsten. And man, Kathy is a whole lot of excellence in the professional world and her home world. You know, she would be the first to say that she's a strengths geek. So I guess that practically makes us twins, even though you are about to hear our very first official conversation, which I'm sure will not be our last. You know, over the past 10 years, Kathy has trained thousands of people on the Clifton Strengths framework, and she's coached hundreds of managers and teams. She's built a reputation as a master at helping individuals, teams, and entire organizations align their talents and strengths to achieve peak performance and relational productivity. She's been all over the world, from Canada to Mexico City. Kathy has stoked the strengths fire in a long list of diverse organizations, including Facebook, Brackspace, Texas A&M University, and communities and schools. As you'll see, Kathy passionately lives out her strengths in her work and her, and her life with her husband and her three kids in their beloved state of Texas. <laughs> we couldn't help but touch on her family a little bit, but this story is actually all about the way her strengths challenged her to make a brave, unexpected move from climbing the corporate ladder to full-fledged entrepreneurship. So let's dive into this conversation with Kathy. All right, yay, I'm so excited to be here with you today, Kathy. And um, we were just talking a little bit before the show that we have seen each other, but haven't really had the chance to get to know each other and to have a conversation and so, Yay for this summer interview series that makes that happen. <laughs> yes, thank you so much for inviting me to be a part of it. I'm thrilled to be with you. I watch your show. I watch your Aww. YouTube channel. And so I've been inspired by some of the things you've done. It's extra thrilling to get to be a part of it today. So Yay. thanks so much. Cool. Thanks for agreeing to come over today. I mean, you that's kind of how it feels like. Like we're in the same room, but that's very, right. Very far apart. <laughs> but very far apart. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I would just love for you to tell everybody and to tell me, really, it's telling me um, about yourself, sure. like what's your family like, what you do for work. Um, sure. There. Absolutely. Well, I am the owner and founder of Kirsten Consulting, and I am a strengths performance coach, and I've been coaching since 2008. And um, I love what I do. I can tell you a little bit about my family yeah. that built builds upon what I do. So in 2008, I had my first kiddo. He's now 10. And uh, since then, I've had two others. So I have three kids, 10, 7, and 3. And I'm married to a coach who's an athletic coach mm -hmm. and a teacher. And so we are sort of a coaching family, just different, yeah. <laughs> different clients per se. And uh, in 2012, I made the leap to be an entrepreneur and to, to found Kirsten Consulting and, and go out on my own and do independent 
consulting and coaching around strengths finder and employee engagement and culture. And, um, that's kind of the the gist of me. Yeah, that's, that's so cool. I didn't know your husband was a coach. I, I, yeah. I often talk about how like in sports, like we know we need coaches. Like it's, you wouldn't go and like just try to start a team without a coach. Just, it's like not a thing. You would never do that. And so I love that you guys get to kind of see that and you get to bring that need for coaching to the teams that you work with, but on the corporate side. Yes, yes, yes. So I watch him, I sit on the sidelines and watch him and see how much of our jobs are similar because mm. particularly around football or basketball, because he coaches basketball track and football. And when the players come to the sideline and he's got his whiteboard out and he's drawing the play, and I see the similarities of that when I work with managers where we come to the sidelines, we step out from away from the desk and we, we draw out the play. How are we going to react in this yeah. situation? How are we going to play to our strengths in this situation? And then we, they go back in and the coach cheers them on, you know, <laughs> go do it. Good luck. Let me know how it goes. <laughs> Although he can watch it because he's on yeah. the sideline. I have to wait to a feed, telefeedback like, session to feedback. hear about it. How'd it go? <laughs> that's, right. that's right. But we do have similar jobs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, so one of the things that I've just been thinking a lot about is like the things that we do well, of course, that's what I'm wired to think about these days. But what are you right. most proud of recently? Is there anything that you would say you're proud of and it can be work, family, whatever strikes you? Oh, oh, that is such a good question. And you know, um, the timing for that question is perfect because we just finished making a huge transition to a new town. Oh my goodness. Um, we moved our whole family. We bought a piece oh. of land over a year ago. We, we had a dream. My husband and I both share one of our top five strengths. We both have belief. Uh, very early on in our relationship, we had articulated what we saw our lives mm. to be. And we have been chasing those dreams since. So we recently, like a year ago, bought a piece of land and just about three months ago, moved into a house we built on a piece of land in a brand new town, a very small town uh, with a strong community. And, you know, that was a big deal. It was a huge deal because we were leaving our friends, our, our, um, totally. our work. Oh, well, I mean, I took my work with me since yeah. I am a work from home type of person and I'm only moving an, uh, an hour north of where we were living, but, uh, my husband's changing jobs, my kids change schools. And so my strategic was on, and my learner were on fire, uh, preparing for the transition. Transitions are my thing. I coach people through transitions. Uh, so I knew about the technical parts of it and I really checked the boxes and, you know, I count it as a success, a success because yeah. we're in summertime now. My kids are doing great. They feel adjusted. They're happy. They made new friends. We're, we've joined a new church here. There's just lots of great feelings about the new place we live in and not so much about, you know, we're sad that we left something great, but more like, wow, we are here and we're doing what we wanted to do. So that's oh, a huge transition. That's success. A huge, yes, that is a huge, yeah. Tra success, accomplishment, like mm -hmm. we're a Navy family. So we move a lot. So we know uh, exactly what that feels like. And we're coming up on a year of being in the same spot and it's like, oh, wow. Yeah. I think, I think we've done it. Right. There's just yeah. Totally that, that chance to exhale, right? When you realize we really did. And I think that will still come a year yeah. from now, you know, but there's just that all those fears that I had tried to mitigate through planning, you know, I saw them come to like, yes, I did it. <laughs> I planned it and we did it. <laughs> so Here it we are. <laughs> I even have my chair That's set up right. in front of my computer. Like, we, woo. <laughs> That's right. 
Um, That's right. <laughs> and my business is up and running. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, so when you first came across the strengths concept, um, what problems were you looking to solve or what problems were you encountering uh, in your life and kind of what were you most thinking about in your life at the time? Sure. So this is, you know, this is the, the culminating story of what we're doing here today. But unfortunately, my strengths, well, not unfortunately, I was I feel like I grew up in a strength-based place because when I joined Rackspace Hosting in 2006, I was 26 years old. I joined an organization that was fully strength-based. So before I even set foot in the door for my first interview, I already had taken the Strengths Finder. Wow. And so they knew these words about me. I didn't understand much about the Strengths Finder process or the words or anything about it. And when I went through the door, they already saw that top five that I just told you about. Wow. And I was at that organization for almost seven years working with strengths. I eventually became a strengths performance coach. I went to Gallup, got certified. I literally did hundreds of training programs with wow. teams, with onboarding groups, with, um, you know, just open, open enrollment classes for people who were interested in. I mean, we had, I was leading employee engagement at the end of my career at Rackspace. So I knew the strong connection between strengths and employee engagement. But yet, when I left Rackspace, I guess in short, it was because I was so out of whack with my strengths. Wow. And I couldn't even see it. So that's the story I want to share with you is that even a strengths coach sometimes yeah. who talks to hundreds of people, right? <laughs> hundreds of people <laughs> all the time about strengths and classes and workshops and dozens and dozens of managers. I was helping them use strengths as a management tool. I still did not recognize when my strengths were, were not being played to. And whenever they were like five wild horses carrying me away. Um, so that's the, the story I kind of want to share with you. If that's okay. Yes, is, totally. you know, I had, um, when it, I guess the beginning of the end for me at Rackspace, it what you know, I was working my dream job. I was working in my dream company. There was no other place in San Antonio, Texas that I wanted to work than Rackspace hosting. I there was no other job at Rackspace hosting. And I had worked my way up into that job was to be the leader of the employee engagement and culture group. I mean, I was doing what I wanted wow. belief number three or belief yeah. number four. I was doing what I had it set out to do there. Yeah. Was, <laughs> I was in total alignment. I believed in the mission of the organization. I believed what we were doing for people's lives, both internally and externally. Mm. I believe we were making the world a better place. I loved it. And, um, I went on maternity leave with my second child, my second racker baby. They're called rackers. So that was to be a place part of the culture. And it, that's part right? of the culture. I mean, yeah, I mean, the Kool-Aid is really strong. I was part of the stirring team that stirred the Kool-Aid. They said, this is who you are. You're now a racker. Um, I, I believe so much into it. When I came back from my um, maternity leave with my second child, I was happy to come back to work. I couldn't wait to get back in the groove of things. I loved my job. I loved my team. Um, but something was a little unsettled about me internally. And I came back to a little bit of organizational chaos. There was some organizational changes going on. And my boss, I was having had an interim boss at the time who I really liked, yeah. uh, but there was just, so, I knew that wasn't permanent and that does something for you, right? Like knowing that your boss isn't permanent. So there's some uncertainty and ambiguity yeah. there. And about three or four months in from that time, I started feeling like things, I was feeling restless mm. and I couldn't put my finger on it. And I remember 
a, a still small voice. This is also a little bit of a walk in faith story, but I felt a, a still small voice inside myself saying you should leave rack space. And I'm like, what? Like, this is a ridiculous idea. No way. I told my husband, I just had this idea that I should leave rack space. And he's like, where'd that come from? Well, That's like, not that going to happen. Doesn't seem the world you would want to yeah, do. <laughs> not good. Right. The, the, it was rack space truly was the land of opportunity. And mm. I was flourishing in it. So it didn't make any sense to me. I pinned that restlessness like a good strengths coach would on my learner, hmm. on my maximizer. I pinned it on my responsibility. This is number six. So, and, and I also knew a thing or two about employee engagement. So I went after some thinking about this restlessness, I'm not going to leave rack space. I told that idea. No way, Jose, no way. I'm not doing that. So I, I uh, went to my boss a couple of weeks later and I, of course, strategic input learner, put together a nice little PowerPoint as to why I, I needed to get a promotion, why I uh, needed more work, why I wanted more responsibility. I wanted a bigger piece of the pie. You know, I thought, oh, I'm, I'm bored. I That's need more it. challenge. That's it. Yeah. That's the learner in me. I'm bored. I've been doing this for 18 months or two years or whatever, you know, whatever my day to day was had been long enough that I felt like that's what the restlessness is coming from. Mm. So I went in there and asked for all that and I got it immediately. He was like, I agree. Yes, you can have this promotion. I agree. Yes. Here's your raise. I agree. Here's, here's two more people to report to you. And so my little piece of the pie grew and I thought this is perfect. This is what I wanted. Yes. Awesome. So I keep marching along and then, um, my daughter, it's Christmas time, around that time, and my daughter is winter time. My daughter gets, the, the one who's not even one yet, she's six months at that point, gets RSV, uh, and which is a terrible, you know this, mama, right? Yes, like, it's yeah. a terrible respiratory um, yeah. system that, or disease, that virus that, that takes down their, their uh, immunity system and just makes them weaker to fight off things. Yes. And that... And she didn't get a bad case of it. Thank goodness. It was really a simple fix. Like she just, she got well pretty quickly, but her immune system was down. And for the next five months, we had ear infection after ear infection after ear infection that kept her out of daycare. And then someone had to take care of her, right? So my husband and I, he's super supportive. We took days, we traded days off. Wow. But this maximizer in me is like, you just got a new job with a whole bunch of new people reporting, to, like, you know, bigger piece of the pie. And yeah. now you have this sick kid at home. Yeah. And what I never, so what I never realized was my belief was starting to get um, negotiated. My belief strength, mm. the values that I felt that are absolutely core to my happiness, core to my life, they were starting to get negotiated on a daily basis. And I didn't realize it. So, I mean, you know, you make these little value negotiations as work in the working world all the time, right? You yeah. do this, yep. person with belief, you have to. Yeah. Um, and then you make them in your family too sometimes, right? But the consistency of having to, to negotiate values on a daily basis wore me out. So after the you know, when she, by the time we got tubes in the ears, oh. I was already on the brink. And um, luckily things showed up, like a caretaker showed up who kept her at her home and, uh. and kept her out of the daycare so that she could really get well and stay well. So that was a, that alleviated the pain, but still something inside Kathy, something inside me had already shifted mm. and I couldn't put my, I mean, it, it was just so foggy. So Let's fast you know, forward a few like, So did oh, you ahead. know though, like the, in the moment, did you know, like the reason I'm feeling this 
dissonance right now is because my beliefs are starting, my belief strength or my values are starting to kind of go out of whack? Or was it just in retrospect that you looked at it? I knew it at the time, but I couldn't have articulated it the way I have now that it was like this daily value negotiation. All I knew is that if I stood back and looked at how I spent my time in like spent my time, if it's a whole piece of pie, a huge chunk of it was going to work and a huge chunk of it was going to my family. Um, But it wasn't even, it was more work than family. And there was nothing on my soul. There was nothing on my spirituality. And I know when I was 18, some people have a hard time articulating their values. I am not that person. (laughs) When I was 18, I was in a leadership group at Texas A&M. They said, write down your values on an index card. You have like all weekend to do it. I'm like, I don't need, I need a pen. I'm like, let me write this down right now. It's God, family, and value, or hard work. These are my three values is God, uh, family, and friends. Like it's not a blood thing. It's like anybody I love, I want to take care of. I want to be be there for, and hard work. And I look, so at that time, to answer that question, Becky, at that time, I knew exactly that I was totally inverted Hmm. on my values, that I was working really hard not doing much well. So my maximizer was kind of upset with myself, but doing, working really hard. And then I was being an okay mom um, and trying to hold it together. I was pulling, I was pulling in resources and the support systems and everything to try to get what I needed to be the great, the best mom I could be. And I had, was ignoring my spirituality. So I'd pulled myself out of all the community service stuff I did. I had pulled myself from my church work. I had pulled myself. I wasn't taking time to pray. I wasn't taking time to center myself. Hmm. All that was out the window because I was just striving constantly. So I could tell you I was doing that. And I started to write the ship at that time around some of that stuff to put away my put away my smartphone and pick up my Bible or um, go get in a Bible study that forced me to get into Mm. the word, that kind of thing. But I still was very much like on overdrive in my um, work life, you know, like I was doing checking emails at 1130 at night and it was constant. It was constant. So that idea came back. It's time to leave. And Mm. I, my top three strengths, strategic input learner, like, what are we, what are you doing? Do this you is where the leaving. PowerPoint we made. Yeah. Do you remember <laughs> how awesome this place is that you love this place? And you know, it's not strategic for your retirement to leave. Like it's not strategic for your career path. Mm. This sounds like career suicide. It doesn't sound like career, like a good thing for your career. My maximizer was telling everybody in my strengths list, like, no, you got to figure this out. And my belief was like, you know, crossed over heels in the ground. Like you have to leave. This is not what you, this is not what you wanted in your life. And so, um, you know, through some prayer and some, some more whispering that was coming and some guides that were coming into my life to give me some smart, wise, uh, advice, I really started taking the steps to exit the organization. So it was about three months before I knew I was going to leave that I had my husband and I had our little meeting of we're doing this. This doesn't make sense. This is not rational, like, but we're going to do this. And we did it. So three months later I left and I had left with so much peace. I mean, that was the spirituality part. Like my belief was as soon as I had made the decision, okay, I'm going to leave. More opportunities came to me to confirm the decision. So I 
I sort of, I, I loved the place so much and I loved my boss. So I let my boss know, like, I'm really thinking right now. I'm just thinking. I mean, yeah. I knew I was going to leave. But I'm just thinking I'm going to leave. I'm just thinking I'm just thinking. in three months from today, I'm going to leave. <laughs> Precisely. And he, and he was like, okay, um, well, we got to find something. Maybe you just, you know, let's get you back to the business. So, he, I mean, two other work opportunities came my way and I had opportunities to, uh, to go, you know, to, to interview for those two opportunities and something inside me was like, Nope, this is again, where you choose to leave, you choose to leave. So, uh, long story short, you know, I left with peace and I, and at the, my exit interview, my strengths mentor Hmm. is Graham Weston is the chairman of the board, was the chairman of the board of Rackspace at the time. And he was the person who introduced strengths to Rackspace. He's the wow. ultimate strengths uh, coach. He knows more about strengths than uh, I think like Don Clifton knows, a, you know, knew a lot about yeah. strengths and there's Jeff Clifton He'd who like knows that. a lot. About, I think Graham Weston wow. knows a lot. About okay. Strengths. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> like in my mind, this man has introduced the strengths of thousands and thousands and thousands of people. So when he talks about strengths, I listen. Uh, when I did my exit interview with him and, and just chatted about, why are you leaving, Kathy? Tell me about what's going on. And he said, what's your top five? And he wrote them down on his nifty, cool whiteboard desk. And he circled belief. And he said, tell me what's going on right now. You know, and that was like, ah. Yeah, you're like, all of a sudden, like, buckets are coming because you're like, you you did it. You identified it in, like, 14 seconds. Precisely. I wish I would have talked to him, like, nine months earlier. (laughs) So, um, anyway, that's – and, you know, so since then, you know, since he circled it, I went left that day thinking – it was my belief. It was my belief all along. Like all the value negotiation that I had been doing was getting me into a really yucky spot. But then as soon as I made that decision to um, follow what I felt like my spirit was saying and, and what I need to do, then everything with belief started fixing itself. Wow. And then I got to confirm it in other opportunities and with other guides coming in. So it was really kind of a neat walk in faith type of story, but it's all about strengths. And I, I yeah. wasn't even self-aware enough to know that my belief was the the person that was getting the thing that was getting in the way, right? Uh, getting trampled on or right. crying out for you to listen to it or whatever. Right. And I was the one trampling. I mean, I'm the one that went and asked for more work. I'm yeah. the one who would sign up for projects right. that had super high exposure to the rest of the organization or the senior leadership team. I was the one pulling, putting my belief, like, you know, like this is, this sounds fun. Let's go do this. And my belief is like, woman, stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What about those other people in your life? Right, right exactly. <laughs> and this, this is probably a hard question to answer because you have been so like in tune with the strengths language and the perspective and like the paradigm of concentrating on the things that make us strong. But, yeah. you know, how do you think you would have approached the same situation had you not known what your strengths were? Or, you know, can you kind of put yourself in those shoes at all? Sure. Well, you know, I think that um, a lot of my clients who I work with now are in that situation. How do you look at this through the strengths lens? And I think if I didn't have the strengths idea, if I didn't understand, um, I would just have went and looked for a new job. You know, I think that so much of, instead of really making an intentional decision about what you need to do at this point in your life to make sure that you're internally in alignment with whatever's externally going on. I think I just would have went to and got a new job. And then about six months later, a year later, found myself in the same position. Mm. I mean, I shifted 
I know that now I own my own business and I haven't chatted about much about yeah. that on this, this show, but like this now is owning my own business means that I get to say the day that I work and the day that I don't work. And I get to make those decisions with who I work with and not, not everyone, you know, like it, not every project's right for me. Right. I only get involved in the work that I feel like truly uses my strengths. So those are all decision points that then I go redeem that time where you don't have those choices uh, with family time or other parts of my life, spirituality time. So it's very much, um, you know, I think I would have just jumped ship and went to go work at another place. Right. And I think that because I would have blamed it on rack space instead of blaming it on me internally. And so whenever I hear clients who come to me and they're perhaps they're in a really bad situation. They're not even in a good, I was working at a fortune best place to work. I mean, it's really hard to blame a fortune best place to work. Like this place sucks. It doesn't suck. It's awesome. (laughs) So, um, but it's, but I even have clients who come to me and they're in a toxic situation at work or under a toxic boss. And that matters. That circumstance absolutely matters. But, but before you leave and you move or a while or after you leave, figure out what's right within, right? right? And then go try to match that Hmm. to what you have um, inside going on. So So then how did, how did um, your belief and what were, uh, you said there was the kind of the next three that were at like your maximizer and your responsibility. How did those kind of come alive once you made that transition? Well, they felt, they felt so much better. I would say that like, Waking up in the morning, I knew I was where I was supposed to be. And with that comes peace, right? Yeah. So, uh, and then Maximizer just found a new target to maximize. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, you know, for a short, before I started my business, I mean, I took a few months off. And um, before I went, started consulting outside of my, ha- you know, doing strength consulting for nonprofits and universities and such, as opportunities came my way. I maximized the heck out of my kids' schedule. I joined a bunch of community groups. I was in Mothers for Preschoolers. I went and joined a a group of women that were doing Bible study. I mean, I was, we were doing the zoo twice a week. I mean, we were just, we were being the most awesome. I was being the most awesome stay-at-home mom (laughs) that I never wanted to be. Like I did, you know, I had full intention of climbing that corporate ladder to the very top. So I found myself in an interesting predicament when I was like, oh, I just quit work and now I'm home with these two kids. Um, So I reoriented. And that's really where this, like where, what your, what your summer series is about, where strengths became less of just, oh, this describes me and this is how I use these things at work. This became more of my life because I had time to read more and I had time to uh, apply this in different areas of my life, which I didn't take much time to think about or do like my marriage or I, I started doing strengths work at my church with the youth group and with the board of directors and, um, just, reflection of this thing that I just went through this transition from being totally, you know, I would say maximizing the heck out of my potential at work to getting off that ladder completely. So man, I just found a new way to reorient my work, my strengths in the current circumstance that I was in. Yeah. And so where does that leave you today? Uh, Well, today, yeah, today (laughs) it's different, right? So now I'm back at work, but I'm working on my, you know, doing my own thing, right? And it's a lonely place because I would love, I love being a part of a team, but that's one of the trade-offs I have of, of being a strengths coach. And where it leads me today is that 
I truly believe when we invest in our strengths, they become stronger. Mm -hmm. So I have taken the time and I have, and, and the opportunities that have come to me, man, I've just honed in on maximizer. I've honed in on my individualization. I've taken time with my input and learning to read a ton of self-improvement and it's my maximizer book collection that I feel like I have. I mean, I don't even read fiction. I love reading. I mean, I'm a bookworm. I have three or four books going at a time and they're always self-help. My husband, you know, rolls his eyes at me. He's like, oh, but, geez, honey. <laughs> I know, I'm like, come on. But I'm like, I believe. Fun, why don't you? <laughs> That's right. That's right. No, I don't. I'm all business. So, uh, you know, like it's given me time to hone in on that. And I think that like this could be what I'm world-class at. You know, Don Clifton said, we are all world-class at something. Mm. And when I heard that back in 2006, that was one of those things that felt so right to me that it's not about um, the report card in school for, for you know, academics. It's yeah. not about, are you the best athlete in a certain thing? It's not about, do you have this glaring talent of singing? Because I didn't fit into any of those molds. Mm -hmm. But I do believe there's something world-class about me and I have to figure out what it is. The same thing about, I believe about all my clients. So that's my big call, right, is to this coaching world, to strengths coaching and strengths philosophy, philosophy is let's figure out what's world-class about you. And, um, I, you know, I have significance in my top 10 too, Becky. So there's, that drives a so little you're bit. you're going to be doing something big, let's just say. That's right. Like, you know, and, and dealing with that pent-up ambition that yeah. I have, right? And my kids are still young and yeah. I don't want to do, I don't want to fly around the world doing all kinds of crazy, amazing things yeah. when my kids are like, but we miss you, mommy. Like, yeah. you're awesome strengths coach, but we miss you. So that's the thing. Like, it's a constant pull. It's a constant feeling, but that's my strength, right? Now that I know that I have those words to pin to those um, areas where I'm feeling something going on, I'm like, ah, that's my significance. Well, go do something significant or make someone else feel significant. And my bucket gets filled anyway, right? Yeah. And it feels great. Yeah. Yeah. So you have figured out a way to work yourself out of, I mean, your life clearly doesn't look like how you thought it was going to look. And no. I'm sure that in some ways, sometimes I bet that brings frustrating moments and you know, I mean, I have the same, the same experiences of like, this is a constant flow and a constant battle, but knowing your strengths, it sounds like helps you have an arsenal for what you do when you get to those frustrating moments or when you're kind of flabbergasted at where you've ended up or what you're doing or what the future has for you. Absolutely. You know, it, it's like, um, when I feel my maximizer, like start to bubble up and I can tell myself like, no, that's really, that really is good enough. Like there mm -hmm. is no, like, I don't have to go for perfect in this scenario. And it's been, it's because I've had great mentors and coaches yeah. and, and one of my, I had a Gallup coach for a while. And, and I think that Gallup coach that brought insight to me that said, you know, your maximizer puts things sometimes at a six where other people would say that was a 10, you know, but your maximizer is so turned up. <laughs> But you all expect, these maximizers yeah. in my life, I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true, <laughs> right? And and you know, in my marriage, because yeah. my husband's my best friend, and he, um, and I knew his strengths before we got married. I didn't know his strengths by the results, but I knew his like tendencies. I, yeah. I could pick up on his patterns because I've got individualization, so I could see these things I loved about him that fascinated me. His 
late. He's super laid back, but he's also very productive. But he, he's one of those go with the flow guys, but he loves to be productive. Hmm. He's adaptability achiever. He's context. Wow. He's a history teacher. He's got belief in his top five and he's also a relator. So he's not all about like the life of the party. He's like, he's fantastic in one-on-one. Yeah. Um, uh, he was you know, all about you. I imagine. He was all about me, so, which <laughs> made me feel good. But you know, like even now, I mean, moving into our house, we had a ton of conflict as we're yeah. building a new home, yeah. like lots of opportunities for conflict there. And we would literally talk it out, Becky, just like you do, you say on your show, just like you, just like you say on your show, <laughs> right? Like we use the strength language and he says, you know, my, your maximizer needs to calm down. Yeah. <laughs> and I say, your adaptability needs to just follow me. Just follow up. I mean, come on, go with the flow. I don't right, exactly. Let's, I have to plan a little something. So uh, it's really become like this. It's more than a language. You know, it, it is a language for us, but it's really like helping us work forward and progress through things. And just like I believe it does it for teams, yeah. you know, it does yeah. that for individuals. Catch too. things before they get out of control, before it gets to a place where you're like, I don't know what just happened here, but now everything's on the ceiling and I don't know <laughs> what to do about it. Right. In a team yes. or in a marriage or with your kids or, you yeah. know, whatever, whatever it's about the relationship. You know, I always, one of the most powerful things, and I have a colleague that really emphasizes it's like, you know, strengths are great as an individual and clearly like they've helped you in your journey. Like you've, you followed your strengths to places that were scary and big and they still are, and they're still kind of unknown. Um, and that's an amazing place. But when you can also then get them into the most important relationships in your life or those relationships with the people that you spend the most time with, because oftentimes those are our colleagues um, for those of us that work with teams, mm-hmm. that's where it shows up vibrantly right. and, and really makes uh, an impact beyond what, I, beyond what any other perspective that I've seen out there for sure. Absolutely. Totally agree with you. I think the, if an executive team is firing on all cylinders, the, the whole health of the whole organization is better off if all the executive teams are, are members are playing to their strengths. Yeah. The same with the family. If the husband and wife are playing to their strengths, you know, the parents are playing the strengths, you're going to feel like it's better throughout the entire family. I think there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. No, it definitely is. All right. Well, I wish I, I actually kind of wish we could just keep talking forever. So maybe we'll just like do like part a, B, C, D and whatever, maybe offline. But um, okay. uh, so I would just kind of wanted to close with just kind of drawing, drawing from your own experience, uh, understanding yeah. who you are through your strengths and also just the strengths perspective and the paradigm overall where we emphasize on developing our strengths instead of fixating on weaknesses. Uh, what encouragement mm-hmm. or advice would you give to someone? Um, maybe that's in your same spot. They're kind of feeling a little bit of discontent in what they're doing or then they can't, they don't really know why they can't really figure it out. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. encouragement or advice would you give them? Okay. That's a great one. So I would say get quiet to uh, assess Right. So take inventory of what's going on. You don't have to take strengths finder. I think it's a quick and easy way to figure out. And maybe if you're not aware of what your strengths are, perhaps you um, find out something new about yourself when you take strengths. I know most people say, oh, well, I already knew these things about me. But some people are saying, oh, I never No, I didn't know that was a strength. I'm surprised by that one. And it's something that maybe you had a blind spot to. But no matter how you do it, no matter how you assess Take, get some quiet time, get out of the, um, the striving mode that we tend to be in and, uh, just 
go off to a beautiful place in nature or somewhere where you do your best thinking and start writing down. These are the things that make me feel like I come alive. These are the areas where I feel strong. These are the areas that drain me. This is where I feel my weakest. This is the thing I never want to do. And I always procrastinate. I hate doing like, Take those inventories for yourself and then take some, like you say, baby steps towards, right? How you're affecting how much of your daily piece of the pie of time you're spending on the things that strengthen you and the things that weaken you and be brave, you know, be brave to say no to big things that are really, um, that are out there, even when you don't know what you're going to turn to next. Cause I think that it always shows up. You know, I think it, it will show up. I mean, that's just my belief. Yeah, like, exactly. You, know? <laughs> you kind of sound in a little connectedness, Nii, right I, now, actually. <laughs> that's, I know. I, th- I don't think I have very high connectedness, but I, I totally believe it. But it's been the walk in faith. Like, this yeah. is going to, the world is going to take care of us, right? We're going to yeah. be fine. God is going to take care of us. So it's a, um, you know, that, that would be get quiet. And then when yeah. you hear something, go for it. Yeah. You know, be when brave. you hear, be brave, go for it. Man, you're certainly an inspiration in that regard. It's hard to leave what you had. I mean, they were basically begging you to stay and giving you whatever you wanted to stay. And yet you followed, um, the way you were wired to live a life that you're truly made for. You just didn't, your strategic didn't even see it coming. (laughs) My strategic did not see that coming, but my strategic knew that since they were trying to keep me, that they might hire me back. So I had kind of a backup plan. You know, I could not make the strategic go to sleep. I mean, I had to say, okay, strategic, let's go try this. Let's experiment. Stay at home, mom. You can always go back. I had no idea. Absolutely no idea. Three months later, I'd be called back by that same mentor and he'd say, hey, Kathy, can you go do a strengths workshop for me? And I'm like, sure. And then I realized, wait a minute, I have to get paid. So therefore I got to fill out some paperwork because I got to tell an IRS. And then that's how I, I mean, my romantic, my, my business, it's not romantic. Like I have this grand plan to start, sorry, grand plan to start my business. It was seriously like someone just asked me and I said, yes, yeah. like responsibility, yeah. go do this. And then I started a business and five years later, oh. here we are. You know, Yay. So. It's Life a good story. Great. Yeah. A story of one step in front of the other and following the way that you're wired to get there. So oh, I love it. I love it. Well, thank <laughs> well, you. Yeah. Well, thanks for being on today and for chatting and just kind of for bringing yourself and, um, you know, but the authentic story of who you are and what your struggles and your journey has been like. And I know that people will learn a lot from you in the way that you, um, look to the future without fear, uh, even though there was a lot to, um, be trepidatious mm-hmm. about. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. And for showing us an example of that. And I look forward to all of our future connections. So I'm glad that we were able to do this. Today. Me too. <laughs> yes, me too, Becky. Thank you so much. It's been fun. Yeah, it's been awesome. Bye. Okay. Bye. Isn't Kathy's story so professionally brave? You know, you can find out more about Kathy at kathykirsten.com. And you can also get that link over in the show notes at isogostrong.com slash isogotv. Ultimately, my dream would be to see thriving marriages, families, and workplaces across the world. By orienting our mind towards strengths, I know that we can get there just like Kathy has. So I'd love to ask you to share Isogo TV, the video or the audio version with your circles on Facebook, Instagram, or even more importantly, right there in your home or office. And if you like Isogo TV or this interview in particular with Kathy, please leave a five-star review over at iTunes. It not only means a lot to me, but it helps others find this podcast resource too. 
I'm glad that you were here today to hear how others have fueled significant changes in their lives by focusing on their strengths. And I hope that you join me for more next time on Isago TV.